Ma Coco? Aye. For Maui, it's a new beginning. With honor and deep respect, we're moving forward. We're ready to get people back to work. We all have to do our part, and we'll make this happen. Working together. We are ready to work. Ready to serve. All ready. 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 We are ready. For more information, visit makokomoe.com. The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. The life. <laughs> Aloha, everyone, and welcome to Mothership. Tonight, we are joined by some of the Tonga sisters mm. and their mother, Sai. They're in the house tonight. Thanks so much for joining us, ladies. Thank you for having us. Aloha. 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 And Noli and Brooke here as well. Um, could, could you folks introduce yourselves? I'm Ellie Siva and I'm 18. I'm Nini and I am 15. Those are two of the five Tonga sisters. Um, two of them are on the mainland and one is feeding a baby. And I'm actually their mother, um, Sia Tonga. And I'm, I'm actually talking to you from the Polynesian Cultural Center. But uh, the girls are at home waiting for me to get home and serve dinner. <laughs> oh, boy. It's so great to have you guys on the show. And I know that a lot of folks love your music. Um, you made Hawaii so proud when you made it big on the Ellen DeGeneres show. What was that in 2018, right? We were all wowed. And she surprised you, you guys with a scholarship. We love your music. We love your smiles. We love that you represented Hawaii so well. And you made us all so proud. But I know that while that is such a special time for all of us, I know right now your hearts and your thoughts are with Tonga at this moment. Can you explain your personal connection with Tonga? Besides having your last name being Tonga. True, I'm being 100% Tongan. But my grandmother, my maternal grandmother and my auntie Finau, they're currently living in Tonga and they actually live close to the water. Mm. so hearing about the tsunami and everything that's happening um it really worried us and we were really distressed for a couple days just knowing that we couldn't hear from them we had no connection to know if they were even okay um we ended up going to a funeral that night anyways um as we were worried about our own grandmother uh and it was just heartbreaking because we were kind of thinking in the funeral, we were sitting there and we were like, well, what if we have to show up for our grandmother's funeral because this happened? Or we couldn't even show up for it because the borders are closed and everything is going on and everything is crazy. Um, it was just heartbreaking and everything was just um, so mind opening and eye opening for us because we needed to reach out to them more anyways in the first place and knowing that, um, Tonga is in the condition that it is in now. Now we are taking the time to to take uh, to actually like contact them and and make sure that they're doing okay when we should have been doing that in the first place. Sia, that's that's your mother. Yes, it's my mother. She turned eighty-one January twentieth, right after um, 
the, the tsunami actually hit. And I'm so glad that, that Siva was able to articulate how we felt that night. It was a sleepless night, to say the least. Everybody waited and wondered as soon as we lost internet connection. It was about this time that I was texting with my sister. She was on Messenger from Tonga, letting me know that she and my mother were going to higher ground, a place called Mataki'ewa, close to King, King Tupo V's residence, not too far from the main city of Nukualofa. And in her very abrupt message, she just said, I think it's coming now. I'm so scared, but I don't want mom to know. I'm with her and all that matters is I will protect her no matter what, then we lost connection. And that's all I had. Oh and so for the rest of the night, we couldn't sleep. And there happened to be an overnight funeral in our town in Kahuku of another grandmother. And like the girls said, because we couldn't sleep, we found our way there at about five in the morning. And while they were singing all these traditional Tongan hymns, I have to say, I, I felt comfort in my heart. I felt peace in my heart. I had thought about the, the faith of my forefathers, all of the Tongans and the generations of Tongans who have been so faithful and devout in each of their faiths. And I listened to the traditional songs and my spirit was lifted by it. And I just felt that they would be okay. Somehow they would be okay. Although, because I was born in Hawaii, but raised in Tonga, I happened to know that the topography of Tonga is such that, that most of the islands are extremely flat, mm. low-lying coral atolls. And so knowing that the proximity of Hunga Tonga, Hunga Hapai, the volcano that erupted was so close to the inhabited islands. I honestly didn't want to bring the thought to my mouth, but in my mind, in my heart, I thought there's no possible way that anyone's going to survive this. They're going to be submerged in water. And so we were left with that thought overnight, but with a glimmer of hope and the singing that we heard in that church is what lifted us to get through that night till the light of day. And your heart must have just broken all of you after seeing finally the images, right, that, that we were able to get uh, showing the condition of the island, the just ash covered, it used to be very lush and green, and then it's just totally, completely just brown and gray, I mean, all like life smothered by the ash, it's just, oh my gosh. It's so, got, it's, it is heart-wrenching, you're right. Yeah. And, and, and how many days after the incident did you finally reestablish contact with your family? Fortunately, in 24 hours, a cousin of mine who works for the British High Commissioner, because the British, all the High Commissioner offices have a satellite dish, she was able to make contact with her sister who lives in Las Vegas. And her sister was the one that was able to relay to me a message that she had seen my mother and sister and that they were in our home safe. And it, it, I, I was so happy to hear that, but I also had lots of questions in my mind about the state of our home because my mom's home overlooks a lagoon. So because she's over the water, I wondered that. I didn't actually have any contact with her and my sister until seven days after. So Saturday to Saturday, I finally spoke with them on the Saturday and they updated me about what happened. That, that conversation, is it a phone conversation or was it just text? It was a phone conversation. It was the most expensive, but most, uh, it was worth every penny because it was 34 minutes. And because I called directly, not through any kind of an internet connection or an app, 
The only way I could successfully connect to her is she tried to call me and it was a failed attempt. I called her right back and for 34 minutes, it was like $200 worth of calls, but it was worth it because in that call, I was able to get a, a, a good idea of what it felt like and looked like on the ground. First thing my sister said is, Sia, it feels like the apocalypse. It, everything is cut. We're so, this is so foreign to us because we're not close to a volcano. We didn't know what to make of this, this dusty looking dark ash, which they later understood as volcanic ash, but it was falling so thick that if you weren't getting it cleaned off your roof, it was beginning to cement is what she said, like a really thick layer. She said when they finally cleaned off their rooftop, because um, I have a cousin that's staying with them to help help out with the mail, you know, around the house, it took him three huge bags full of volcanic ash when he cleaned off of our roof. And she said that the cleanup nationwide, you know, there's no way the military and the way the infrastructure is in Tonga, that, that the uh, civil servants could even do all the work on their own, those that do the work. Tongans were coming out of their homes and helping to sweep the main roads. I think there was even a, an article about all the Tongans showing up to the tarmac of the airport because it was the only way they could have any foreign aid come through the planes is if they could clear that. And they don't even have any equipment able to, to clean it. So everybody was just coming with their brooms. Hundreds showed up to do that to clean up. And she said, it's going to take a while for people to clean their homes. And it's going to take a concerted effort in every community to, to reach together and, and work together. But she shared a couple of heartwarming experiences where she said, first and foremost, we need water. And then she said, the very first responder that brought water, I think from New Zealand, she said, mom and I can't drink the water. I said, why? She said, because it tastes very salty. Come to find out some of the water that came in the first lot um, there was a filtration system on board on the ship and it's supposed to filter some of the salt water so I guess they must have gotten a batch that wasn't too good that's not to say all of it was bad but she just said we have to spend our money to buy bottled, bottled water because the water we got from the aid was a little bit salty mm -hmm. and then she said um, you know people have water catchments on the island because it's still very old school it is a third world country a lot of the water was compromised by the volcanic ash because nobody could have anticipated that it would fall so much, so deep. And so she said that on the radio station, people were giving messages across the island saying, if you live in my village, my name is so-and-so, our water catchment is actually not contaminated. It's, it's full. And if you need water, bring a bucket, bring whatever you need. And people were reaching across trying to help each other with whatever resources. And I was in tears when she explained that to me, because she told me, you know, now that we understand from outside, we've had a little bit of satellite communication. We now know the magnitude of what just happened to us. She said, I know for a fact this whole country has been praying and thanking the Lord that this miracle of our survival has happened. So people are trying to help each other, you know, and she said, we're going back to the way Tonga was. Mm -hmm. And so it was heartwarming to hear that, but it was also sad to hear how many people are displaced, how many people don't have just the basic necessities. Wow. I mean, you know, what you just described is just very powerful and it shows the resiliency of, you know, the Tongans and the community coming together 
Um, but as you just highlighted, there is such a great need out there for a lot of kokua, a lot of help. And that's where, you know, residents here in Hawaii can help. And they responded greatly. I heart uh, radio just held a radiothon and recently raised more than $20,000 in a matter of days. That is amazing. It really is. On Friday morning, I got to talk. I got a phone call um, from a friend, Kehaulani. She said, my uncle would like to interview you. Could you call at five in the morning? And I was flying across to the, to the mainland, but I called in. When he said, welcome to Kokua for Tonga, I immediately got emotional. I just felt I'm so thankful for the outpouring of love, you know, because Tonga needs it right now. And we try to be good citizens of Hawaii and whatever communities we live in to give back and to serve. And it's our turn now, all of our family members and relatives that are struggling out there. I, I've always been an advocate for telling all the Tongans around me, we don't have to wait for everyone else. We all have to dig into our pockets first so we can help them because they really need it now. And they're gonna need it in the long run because all the crops are damaged. They're gonna have to be able to have the water fil you know, filtration system. And just the fact that it's been a subsistence economy for so many years, they live off the agriculture, but the land has been damaged. You know, and even tourism like Hawaii has been an important part of their economy. All of the resorts on the Western side completely decimated, you know, and these are real people who've lost their businesses and their homes. And there are people who have family in the mainland and family in Hawaii that will send remittances home. And that's how they've survived for years. Then there are people from outer islands like Ha'apai, where my father's originally from. And I just, my heart just aches for the people that I know have no family that would be sending them remittances. They're probably just waiting and hoping that the aid that comes from everywhere gets to the main island and will get to them soon. And Sia and um, the Tonga sisters, um, could you share ways that people can uh, donate um, whether it be monetary donations or even water. I hear there's a church on Oahu that's also gathering uh, donations as well. Could you describe ways that Oahu residents or maybe neighbor islanders can help Kokua? I, I, I know the girls have kind of just been following my lead because as mama bear, I've been the one that's been bringing the information home. Um, but I actually, just like with the radio, um, donations that came through. There are several containers that are already on the docks waiting for people to donate things. There's a drive this Saturday. I know this Saturday there's a drive and if anybody has any of the household canned foods that are not, you know, non-perishable items, clothing, um, especially water, but even household items because people have lost everything. If there's anything that you can donate and we just need to be be clear that, you know, they don't really need warm jackets over there because it's really hot, it's summer. Whatever space we have, we need to put things that we know will be useful to them because right now, everything that's shipped in to Tonga, there used to be what you call, um, a, I'm trying to think of it in English. You pay like a, a, a tax for, for things being shipped in, like a duty, Mm -hmm. um, excise duty. Well, that all of that is waived, you know, for the next year because Donga really needs the help to rebuild. And so I, I just wanted to mention that there is a drive. If you have goods that you want to give or you want to donate, I'm really thankful that there is a drive almost every week right now. I know Kaipohanakahi mm -hmm. 
had so many corporate sponsors come through and they've already filled a container load of things to go to Tonga. And then we also have a drive this Saturday. So wherever you are on Saturday, the Tonga Relief Drive, you can stop off at the parish of St. Clement's Episcopal Church. That's on 1515 Wilder Avenue, Honolulu. And some of the things they're listing is like masks because they don't really have a lot of masks. Prior to this, Tonga was one of three COVID-free countries in the world. The first COVID cases that they found that are now a threat came because of one of the ships that brought aid. Mm. Two of the men who work for NEMO, which is the agency that is on the ground distributing the goods that come, they were giving water out. They actually were randomly tested and found out they were positive. So on top of dealing with the tsunami, the whole country is on a lockdown. And they went from two cases to five cases. And when I talked to my sister today, it's 14 cases. So another reason to pray for Tonga is they were, the borders were strictly shut. No way for COVID to really get in. But now that we were in dire need, the first ship that came in, I think hindsight is 2020. Now they're going to quarantine things as they come and bring them in and just be way more cautious because Tongans don't know how to social distance. We're very much like, Island, you know, very much like everybody together all the time. All we family, can't afford, yeah. yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So we can't afford for COVID to spread. And, you know, I feel like we're bringing all these things and dumping it at the same time, but it's the reality they're in. They really need help. So even masks, first aid kits, even like flashlights. Tongans right now, my mother and sister say, are living in fear that the volcano will erupt again. Mm. And so whatever we can do to help them and give them hope to know that uh, there's help coming from everywhere. I'm so thankful for anyone who is able to drop something off to St. Clement's Episcopal Church. We also have an online benefit concert. My nephew, Josh Tatofi, my cousin, uh, Tiva, who's one of the original members of Kapena, Tonga sisters. We have Fia, Siausi, several artists who've come together and said, listen, music is uplifting. And we want to give our time and our talent to help with an online benefit concert. All the proceeds will go to the Tonga Tsunami Relief Fund, which was created by the Tongan consulate in Honolulu, Annie Kaneshiro, and it'll go directly to Tongan government for the tsunami um, account. And it'll go towards helping with water and sanitation and housing for people. And so there's also a Venmo created because we know if you're watching, if you're watching an online concert, you don't want to have to deal with routing numbers. You just want to go to your Venmo and say, you know what? I like tip you five dollars. Everything counts. It could be a dollar. It's going to count for any one of the people that need help. And I, I have to be honest, I'm helping my mom by sending her a little money gram to buy her bottled water. But in Tonga, we're raised to not just care about your own. You have to you have to care about your entire um, clan and in the entire community and, and country. That's how you lift or fataki fonua. Um, and so in addition to that, we're gonna work towards March 4th. March 4th is when we stand with all the people of Hawaii who will kako'o with us like we stood on the Mauna to show our support as Tongans who reside in this beautiful island. I'm so thankful that so many have reached out and said, listen, we're going to support you the way you stood with us on the Mauna. And so that'll happen March 4th. And that'll be Aloha for Tonga, which is our benefit concert is Ofa Fonua, which in Tongan means Aloha Aina, love for your Honua. 
And so thank you for this opportunity to share that and hopefully reach someone who's willing to, to help another and lift another, our, our brothers and sisters and cousins across the ocean. And Sia, I think one of the main points I wanted to reemphasize for our listeners is that it's not just this Saturday or next Saturday or next month, right? Where, you know, if anyone out there is able to help and it's for the long haul, that's, yeah. that's so thank you for um, going over all the different ways that people can help and, and reach out. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for, for bringing that up because that was the thing my sister made very clear. She's like, everything's going to help and we're going to need help for a for you know at least the next year of rebuilding mm -hmm. so thank you for that Brooke mm -hmm. you guys are are an example in these tough times how people and the human race should pull together uh Tonga and your family Sia and your daughter your beautiful daughters have a, such a positive message for for the whole world to hear and um helping Tonga is one way we can show that and begin to show love for other human beings you know not only our family but we're here on this one earth, right? So let's mm -hmm. help, let's help out everybody. Let's let's uh, let's send some aid to Tonga. They need it right now, and you know, we all we all could all need that. We all need that love and help. I love yeah. what you said, Noli, because I try in my home to teach this to my children. You know, um, the night that we we did not know if my mom and sister would survive, the first thing I thought was to serve. Like anytime I'm having a difficult time, whenever we look outside of ourselves and we lift up someone else, it helps us through our, our trials. So going into the Methodist church in Kahuku, it didn't matter if that was my church or not. I know the grandmother of our community, Bepsi, who passed away. We were there to mourn with her children, but in turn, they lifted us. And so, like you said, as part of this human race, you know, if we lose ourselves in serving each other, especially in our time of need, we will be we will be better for it like i have seen that happen in my life so many times and i i think my children that night they weren't even sure where we were going right we were like it was five in the morning yeah five <laughs> in the morning five like, in the morning she woke us up and she said let's go so i got in the car and i didn't even know what was going on until i i finally asked uh, where are we going? And then my mom goes, oh, we're going to Pepsi's funeral. So I got out the car so I could go get ready. <laughs> and I want to thank these two because when we got there, of course, they saw us and eventually asked if we'd render, you know, if we were going to sing. So even though our hearts were heavy, these two came and stood with me and we sang. One of the songs we sang was Goodbye's the Saddest Word. And it just, I know that they were thinking of my mom while we were singing for their grandma. You know, and I just hope that people can reach deep down in their hearts and understand that this could happen to any one of our cousins across the earth. I mean, and if we can always reach out and help one another, um, we can pull through anything. We really can. Is there a song that uh, in closing, uh, the three of you could uh, sing a short one for us to lift the spirits of your fellow Tongans, send a message of support and encouragement to the people of Hawaii. I wanna sing the last verse of a song that talks about Tonga being a small island out in the middle of the ocean, but being so blessed. It's never been more profound in my mind and heart than at this time. So Tama Tonga Tu Ongawe. Tama Tonga Tu Ongawe Lord, do you hear? 
blessings for this island that may be a dot on the world map and it may be out in the middle of the ocean vast but for us it's home and so please Hawaii help us this is our home away from home and we love I love this island of my birth but my mother and all of the people that I love back in Tonga could really use your aloha at this time you have given and stepped up so much with the iHeartRadiothon and we're going to continue to ask for your support as you just heard from Sia and the Tonga sisters. Your kokua is still so desperately needed. I know that we threw out uh, several dates, several different uh, fundraisers. Uh, Aloha for Tonga. You can go ahead and check the Instagram page and find out more information there. I know it's going to be airing on K5, so look out for that. Um, but yes, please check in even with the Tonga sisters and Sia. Um, perhaps they could help direct you on uh, the best way to donate. But the, the request will, will always be there for this time. As you know, they have a long road to recovery and we wish them all the very best. And we're so proud so far to see the response and we hope that it continues. So thank you so much to everybody out there listening. Thank you so much, Sia and the Tonga sisters for joining us on this podcast tonight. And we hope that we will be reconnected when all of this is done and, and sing a happier song. Yes. Rebuilding, <laughs> right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having us. Mahalo. And as we say in Tonga, mahalo alpito. Thank you so much. Mahalo and take aloha. care. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you, guys.